Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to this special edition of the Geek Town Radio podcast. I'm your host, Dave Elliott, and I'm actually on my own this week. The reason being that it was MCM Comic Con over the weekend down in London at the XL. It was wonderfully, wonderfully fun, but I am buried under a pile of editing right now. So I just haven't had time to record a full show. So what I thought I'd do is I'm going to put out a few of the interviews and bits and pieces that I recorded while we were down there. There was a lot of great guests. It was really, really fun. There was a couple of other people you know from the show that were down there. Daryl was uh, down there doing stuff for Hollywood North News and uh, the hashtag show. And um, surprisingly, Bex was down there, which completely caught me by surprise because she didn't know I was there and I didn't know she was there. I was walking back from the main stage. I walked past the live stage and she was being interviewed on a panel. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, So that was a little bit of a shock, but I managed to catch her after the panel and uh, caught up with her. She was involved in a panel about women in gaming, I think it was. It was called, I think, Do I Look Like a Gamer? So that was really interesting to see her up there doing that. But in terms of the guests and stuff, they had a great array of people. There is some people from Sandman. There was some people for the new Paramount Plus animated series based around Transformers, including Alan Tudyk, who was there. We had Lawrence Rickard and Ben Wilbon from Ghosts were there, who had got a new thing coming out for UK TV. And Michael Sheen was one of the headline guests as well. So I've got bits and pieces from various interviews coming up in a minute. Before we get into that, there has been some notable cancellations and renewals this week. So I did just want to do a little bit of news. Uh, Cancellations this week just announced Fate the Winx Saga that has been canned by Netflix after two seasons because Netflix... And the Nancy Drew show, which I don't think has ever actually aired over here, but was on CW, is another CW show that has gone under now as well. So that's no longer coming back. And joining that on the cancellation train on CW is Stargirl, which airs on CW over there, should air on Prime over here. But for some reason, the third season hasn't shown up yet. We don't know whether it's going to later on. I think it's still airing in the US at the moment. But uh, Stargirl is ending with its third season, which is the one that is currently going out in America. Apparently, they did write it knowing it could be the final season, so it should have a proper conclusion to it. I've not seen it because, as I said, it's not aired here yet, but at least it's going to have a proper ending to it by the sounds of it. That's what Just Johns, the creator, has said and the showrunner. So uh, we'll see when it actually comes to an end. But uh, those were the three cancellations for this week. 
Renewals, we've got Alan Davis as yet untitled. The uh, UK TV Dave series has been renewed for a seventh season. That's coming back in early 2023. I think it's got a Christmas special coming up for that as well, although I can't remember the exact date for it, but obviously it'd be over the festive period at some point. Girls 5 Ever, which was a Peacock series, ran on Peacock on both sides of the Atlantic, uh, was sort of canned earlier in the year after two seasons. It's actually coming back from a third now and Netflix have picked it up. So that's been one rescued by Netflix. That will air globally on Netflix as well for its third season. So if you're a fan of that, it was like a musical comedy about an aging girl group who kind of find fame again. But that will be coming back for a third season. Dangerous Liaisons, which is the new Stars series, which goes out on Lionsgate Plus over here. That has been renewed for a second season, and the first season doesn't start airing until the 6th of November. So uh, they've got obviously got a lot of faith in that, but that will be coming back. It's a new version of Dangerous Liaisons. And kind of the big news that dropped this week, The Witcher has been renewed for a fourth season. However, Henry Cavill, who plays Geralt of Rivia, is not returning for the fourth season. The role is going to be taken over by Liam Hemsworth, the youngest of the Hemsworth brothers. So there are a lot of stories floating around about why this has happened. Obviously, we also know fairly recently Henry has picked up the role of Superman again, so we know he's going to be going back for that. Whether that's the reason for it and whether there's a scheduling conflict and it is just that, we don't know. That may be the case. However, he has also been a little bit vocal in previous interviews about the fact that the show, particularly for its second season, didn't stick very closely to the source material. And Henry really, really loves the source material. So whether it's the third season hasn't gone the way he wanted and he's decided that's it, he's not coming back, or whether it's just scheduling. Uh, of course, people are abandoning him about for roles of Bond, and I think he was potentially up for a role of a Highlander reboot as well. So he's been linked to a lot of different things. So it may just be a timing issue and maybe he's getting involved in other franchises. However, he does love that character. So it's a weird one for him to step away from that given how much he wanted to play that role. We'll have to wait and see, but they have officially confirmed that Liam Hemsworth is going to be the person that's taking over the role from season four. Whether that works or not, who knows? We've still got the third season to come, which I believe is coming next year at some point, but but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. So that's all the renewals and cancellations stuff. Coming up in a moment, we will have interviews and panels from MCM. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So as I said earlier, I was down at MCM Comic Con in London, which was absolutely fantastic. It always is. It's a wonderfully fun weekend if you've never been down to it. There's one coming up in Birmingham in a couple of weeks as well. The London one is huge and there's spectacular cosplay. There's brilliant guests. It's been really, really good. Lots of geeky stuff you can go out and buy as well. So uh, it's always worth going to do MCM Comic Con. And we had some great guests this time around as well. We're going to kick off with one of their 
headline guests, Michael Sheen. Michael did a full panel for about 45, 50 minutes up on the main stage. We can't put the whole panel out because MCM doesn't like us doing that. So there are 15 videos of like snippets of questions and answers and um, other bits and pieces, which you can go and find on our YouTube channel, which is, of course, youtube.com forward slash Geek Town. So go and check those out up there. Just to give you a taste of what those were like, there was a wonderful question. He's being interviewed by Claire Lim, the lovely Wee Claire, W-E-E Claire. If you want to go and find her on social media, she's great fun to follow and she's a Twitch streamer as well. So go and check her out over there. But uh, she's one of the main interviewers for MCM and uh, she posed the question to Michael Sheen. They were talking a bit about David Tennant and she was trying to get him to dish a bit of dirt about David Tennant. And Michael was reluctant at first and then goes, oh yes, no, I have got something. And this was what he answered. David doesn't have any bad habits. Um, what, what can I tell you about? I mean, he's, he is a bit too good to be true, really. He's always lovely to everyone. Oh, I'll tell you what his bad habit is. Okay. He leaves it to me to, to when there's a problem and we're, and we're unhappy about something because I'm supposedly the grumpy one. He leaves it to me so he can be the, oh, I'm sorry. It's just Michael has a wee problem with this. I don't know. It's not me. I'm fine with it, you know. But, uh, you know, the two of us have gone, oh, that's a bit out of order, isn't it? And then I'm the attack dog who has to go out. So that was Michael Sheen dishing the dirt on David Tennant and the whole interview is wonderfully fun. He gives some really insightful answers to some questions and some wonderfully fun answers to others. Definitely worth going to check out those. As I say, there are 15 videos up on the YouTube channel. Go and check those out there. One of the other key panels was for Netflix's Sandman TV show. We had Mason Alexander Park, who plays Desire on the show, and the main star, Tom Sturridge, who plays Dream as well. These haven't gone up on the YouTube page yet, but they're going to be going up very, very soon. So keep an eye out for those this week. But uh, one of the questions that they asked there, this was a question that actually came from a fan, and they said, what would Dream and Desire, their two characters, be like as flatmates? And I really love the answer they gave for this. It was a brilliantly fun panel. So uh, check this one out. Okay, go for it. Tom? Kind of flat, mate, would you be? I'd be really good. <laughs> well, what is a good flat, mate? Well, it is subjective. But I'm, I'm quiet. Right. And I feel I, like uh, there'd be a lot of like new people's shoes in the hallway every time I woke up. For breakfast. Yeah, you, yeah, yes. There would be a lot of shoes. Yeah. Sometimes, like, four people's shoes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it, though. I feel like I'd cook really nice. Which, to be honest, I feel is not a good flatmate. I, I think it would be noisy. I, what if I, I went think, out, I think there, there would be moments kind of in the early morning where I would go, like, are they being hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Just the screams from the other room. Yeah. Um... I think you would be sublime. I don't know, I would be, you'd never see me. Exactly. Yeah, it would be like you were not there. Oh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be terrible, and Dream would be remarkable. 
So that was Mason Alexander-Parker and Tom Sturridge from the Sandman panel. There is a bunch of those videos which will be going up this week on the YouTube channel, so go and check out those over on youtube.com forward slash geektown. The last thing we have from MCM for you is a longer press interview. With the panels, we can't put them out as full things, but with the press interviews, we can. So this is for a film which is coming to UK TV's Dave channel. It's called We Are Not Alone, and it's from Lawrence Rickard and Ben Wilbond, who are two of the main cast behind Ghosts, Yonderland, Horrible Histories, that whole group. They've got together, they've written this movie. It was, I think, originally pitched as a series, he said, and then they actually turned it into a 90-minute film, and there may be a series that comes out of it afterwards. They're not the main stars of it, but they are the writers behind it. It looks wonderfully fun. It's set six weeks after the invasion of a group of aliens who they've invaded and completely conquered Earth, and it explores the culture clash between humankind and its new masters, who are trying to make sense of a planet so confusing and idiotic that its inhabitants can't even agree on which side of the road to drive. It stars Declan Baxter as Stuart, who is selected by the Gunnan aliens, Tratter, who is played by Vicky Pepperdine, Gordon, played by Mike Wozniak, and Greg's played by Joe Thomas from The Inbetweeners, as their official human liaison. Stuart must help the Gunnans win favour with humankind, whilst secretly aiding Greaves, played by Amanda Abington, and their human resistance, and somehow manage his enduring crush on Eloi, played by Georgina May Foote. There's other people involved in the cast as well, people like Miles Jopp, Dame Baptiste, Rob Delaney is in there, interestingly. And although they're not the main stars of it, Lawrence Rickard and Ben Willowond also are involved in the cast, but they're in smaller roles. It looks like it's going to be really, really fun. It's coming out in November on UK TV's Dave. This was the interview that we did, and it was with Lawrence Rickard, Ben Willowond, and Declan Baxter, who is the lead role in it. The press interviews are done in a sort of roundtable format, so uh, you won't only hear me asking questions, there are other people asking questions as well, if you're wondering who the other voices are involved in the room. So uh, here's the interview about the upcoming UK TV Dave film, We Are Not Alone, with Lawrence Rickard, Ben Wilbond and Declan Baxter. What can you tell us about your characters and how it fits into the story? Um, and what it feels for you as storytellers to be bringing the show in to the audience in this way. And to start that, answer that in reverse order, the um, I think to be able to do it as a, uh, a feature felt like it was the right thing to do to us. We, we kind of initially pitched it as just a comedy, but I think thankfully UK TV sort of saw the scope in what we were doing and supported that, and so it always felt like it was a story that could, you know, there's, there's so much in it, it's such a sort of, there's an awful lot of quite big themes, you know, it talks a lot about the various uh, problems that um, humanity brings along with it and the challenges that you only really appreciate when you sort of look at it from that perspective of someone arriving to the Earth on day one. Um, so I think that's why we sort of felt like that doing its feature was the, the way forward. Mm-hmm. In terms of our characters, I mean, obviously, um, uh, Deck will have far more to say than, than we will, <laughs> but we were sort of, uh, partly because... We wanted the cast, the core cast, to be a little younger than me and Ben are, damn it. Um, that we were always sort of thinking that this would be something where we take a little bit more of a back seat and that we'd be writing producing, but we'd kind of got these fun, kind of doorman, I suppose, alien doorman characters yeah. um, who are the, the, the last people in the world you would want uh, guarding the door of what's effectively Parliament. <laughs> they're very, very bad at their jobs. 
Yeah. I mean, Stuart's. What I really love about Stuart is he's, he's this kind of beautifully hapless guy, um, something that I really kind of saw myself in. Um, I, I think back to. I think I got the script like a couple of months after lockdown one and I was sort of stuck in this routine. I the same thing over and over again every morning. Um, very comfortable, very sort of thought I was happy as a clam um, until this kind of shift appears in Stuart. He's got this big wake-up call. Um, and what I've always found really beautiful about him and both Ben and Larry's writing style is that you've got this guy who is deeply sentimental and always wanting to do the right thing and the good thing, but he's just a bit useless. And I just see myself in that. <laughs> it's perfectly right. Well, I can't really add much more to what Larry said. I mean, we, yeah, like I said, we, we you know, really wanted to be predominantly the writers and producers this time, you know, we, and also we were doing um, another show at the same time. I think taking on too much would have been a mistake. And yeah, we wanted to write different interesting characters. I mean, we've been writing performing uh, our own stuff for a while so it's a nice it's a nice sort of shift to do that and try and challenge ourselves to write characters who are not i suppose in our stereotype if that makes sense mm. so looking off camera behind the scenes are there any like super memorable moments that you'll take forward with you anything hilarious anyone known for losing their script or forgetting their lines I think it was the time when uh, COVID ripped through the. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was a challenging shoot actually, and it's always nerve wracking actually at the start because you're. It's a new, brand new thing, so it was quite nerve wracking. We were heading into Christmas period, and COVID was sort of on the rise again. So we were very personally. I was very sort of like, "Are we going to get all this done?" You know, I was sort of. I suppose I'm right in saying that I allow myself to to relax enough, but. Then going to set and seeing everyone having such a good time. It was just mm. amazing. I remember the first time I walked onto the the interior set for the the spaceship. Mm. Well, that was great because it had been because we were shooting it all in this old. I think it was like the former ICI Pharmaceutical European headquarters. I mean, it was it was a perfect fit. We were going. We wanted a slightly dated, very large corporate office building, and they're like, "Yeah, we found exactly that." <laughs> um, but uh, so in one of these big uh, function rooms there, they built this this set. And I think because on paper you go, it's going to be a spaceship built inside a function room. There was a bit of a sort of going, is that ever going to work? I remember walking onto it. It just looks so yeah, good. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. And seeing these guys just relaxed on, on set and having, having fun. Yeah, yeah. And most of seeing Mike Wozniak. And we, and we, we insisted that he keep his big, deep moustache because yeah. that's kind of him. I can't. And um, just seeing him all sort of sprayed blue with, a, with his moustache mm. slightly. I think uh, all of the blue brush through it. All of the aliens. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, if I find the same in ghosts, it's amazing how quickly you forget you're wearing an awful lot of makeup. Yeah. And you do then, you know, pick up the phone and talk to your accountant. <laughs> and you sometimes you'll catch sight of yourself in the mirror. Yeah. I kept doing that with the guys that, you know, you'd have, particularly Vicky and Joe would be sitting there doing a crossroad. And it would just be yeah. such a funny visual of them as these two yeah. aliens going, I think, well, no, it can't be dog connect because that wouldn't work. So <laughs> Yeah. for the cryptic ones as well. Yeah, yeah. Bless, I love Joe to bits, but the man can't do a cryptic. <laughs> so you've got a room full of people sat, doesn't you know, understand it. doesn't understand it. We've got blue people, I'm the only not blue person in a room doing a cryptic crossword that I don't understand. And you've got Vicky and Mike who are apparently amazing at it. It's just me and Joe sat there going, do you think it is dog? Yeah. It could be dog. <laughs> it's like, wow, there we go. Show us. <laughs> you touched it briefly at the start there, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the Dave Channel, I think you can call it a movie, right? So um, who, who pushed for it to be a movie? Is this something that 
you guys did, or, or, no, or was we, it that's coming down? No, it was uh, that, that it, it, it came from uh, UK TV, and it was a so when you uh, pitch an idea, I mean, it's sort of for us anyway, that's um, developed over the years. When you first start out, you just desperately open someone will read your half hour comedy, but they sort of you know, we sort of pitched it around various places and. It was around about COVID time. It was just sort of getting knocked back, you know, various good things. You know, we can't, can't undertake anything new. Everyone's very uncertain. Yeah, but it was you pitched it as a series. Though. Yeah, we pitched it as a series. <laughs> and, it, and we had, a, we had a, a pilot episode that we were pitching. And, um, but it came from, from UK TV. They were like, um, can, can you turn this into a feature? But do it, can you turn it around really quickly? I think you get so used to with development. But you either, you know, obviously, you're going to get people who go, uh, oh no, this isn't for us. Or you get that thing of going, we love this. Can we change X, Y, Z? You know, that's a common thing. So I think for us, them to come in and essentially their their pitch back to us was, we love this. Don't change a thing, but can we make it? Some, can we make big, something bigger and more of this? Which is just you, you know, you never get that. <laughs> and so we we were at that time looking at uh, various ideas to write as another feature, mm-hmm. and so it sort of landed at, at yeah, that was the right time. Um, yeah, it came for us too. Yeah. But luckily, because they wanted it quickly, obviously the, the amount of work you have to do at the front of feature development, there's, there's so much to do in terms of the, you know, the characters, the story, obviously. But um, we had a lot of that already there. So actually to turn it around, mm. it was it was hard work, but it was... No, in fact, we sort of had, yeah, so stuff that we had mapped out for a possible yeah. series became the feature. So actually the hard work was then yeah. having to now think again about what we'll do if no. it goes to series. But we'll cross it like Just being on set and hearing some of the ideas of, of potential futures and potential yeah. ideas for the show were just incredibly it, exciting. It, isn't it turns out that humanity is desperately stupid. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a huge, Never ending well. well of yeah, yeah. stupidity that you can mine. Yeah. Uh, if you're an alien, what do you think would be the least hostile way to greet the Earth? That's a really good question. Yeah. Not in the way you read it. No, <laughs> I do like this. Yeah. I thought this yeah, be- it becomes was, yeah. a very friendly greeting. That yes. it's beautifully non-threatening. Hands up. Well, yeah, we have actually wondered quite a lot about that, that question. I love alien uh, invasion movies, and I love all of that. I just think it is quite hard when you start to think about it yourself. I think. You, you can imagine them sitting on the dark side of the moon just going, right, okay, okay. I guess, I, guess just, I guess we could just take the mothership in. They might freak out. They're going to freak out. Okay, okay, okay. One of us could go down and sort of infiltrate. I, I guess I think that's what I would do. Yeah. And then sort of get do to some know ground people. Work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get, into the, get into work in the Houses of Parliament. Mm. And then... Yeah. Don't panic. Don't panic. Yeah. Always a big fan of the, a double knock. And it's sort of head... Yeah. They're going to be like, is this all right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it slow with humans. Yeah. yeah. We're sensitive. And stupid. And stupid. Yeah. We did talk a lot about how, what what would be the kind of logical repercussions, which is how we ended up with them <laughs> yeah. blowing up the edges of New Zealand. Yeah. There would be a lot of throwing stuff at each other and eventually they would have to demonstrate something where they went, right, we've used that once, don't make us use it again, and that's how the war stops. And you yeah. go, it would probably be that. The, the, the whole now we can start talking. The whole background to the sort of goon and what, and what they, you know, we, we know that between Larry and I, we know that. But we don't really want to sort of go into that too much now. But, yeah, the upshot was they've probably got one big ship and it's got a really big radar. <laughs> and they kind of they argue amongst themselves, going, look, they're just firing loads of stuff at us. And it's, ah, just use it a bit. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just set it to like 1.3 oh and then do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where did the initial inspiration come for creating the series? We were right. I can't remember what we were writing on because it wasn't. It, it might even have been a very young man. Anyway, yeah. we were in, I've got an office in Brighton and Ben was down with me and he, he sort of, over, while we were eating lunch, pitched this idea, a light sushi lunch, he sort of pitched this thing, idea that he said he'd been knocking about for a short film and the scene that he talked about said there's a number of people like in the back of like a black cab and they start, you know, one of them sort of briefing someone who's out of vision and going, you know, we'll need to talk about that, avoid talking about that, don't get into the NHS as well and don't say you eat cats. And then it just cuts around to an alien sitting there going, Christ, you can't do anything. And it really <laughs> tickled me as like an, an idea of going, uh, sort of feeling like the thick of it, but it being not just about yeah. what, what what partisan you know person happens to be in government at that point, but going, this is yeah. someone who's just arrived <laughs> and someone who has to then brief them and tell them what you can and you can't get away <laughs> with with humans. And I kept thinking about it yeah and it was about six weeks later where i was like do you remember that thing how okay and sort of pitched it back as a a series idea rather than a short and i think as well yeah we did i was sort of you know we kick around quite a lot of ideas work you know we're working Mm -hmm. on other stuff and then we you know finish that and go to the pub we go for a walk whatever sort of knock about ideas but I was sort of very conscious that because um, I had been in the thick of it and I'd worked with Armando and I'd worked with Chris and worked with all these brilliant people and seen how they built their world and it wasn't it was so sort of organic and fun and to kind of strip that back and go this is how this is how the internal politics work this is satire sort of done really really well and I just thought oh it's a shame isn't it because you can't really do that anymore and, you, and everyone's, everyone would agree so it's, the whole thing satirizes itself but for me, I think the, the nice German idea was, well, actually, the only way to look at humanity is from from Call an extraterrestrial back. point of view because they would look at it and go, guys, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing Stop any it? of that? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's how it feels to me. That's how, you know, the politics began yeah. to feel to me, you know, in about 2016, yeah. 2015, 2016. Things just sort of tearing out of control. He was going... Well, the only way that this could uh, write itself is if aliens came. And it wouldn't matter if the aliens were like the goon who didn't really know what they were doing. That's the thing. They're not really, they're advanced, but they're kind of not that advanced. You know, they're just a step ahead. It's just That's slightly dumb. a step ahead. They've, they've made some of the mistakes, but they're fascinated by the humans. Following up on what you were just saying, actually, I wanted to ask if the premise of this effectively is satire of all of humanity mm. as a writing challenge, does that give you? Does it basically mean the world's your oyster in picking your targets, or is it quite daunting deciding where to go with that? Well, I think, and I think we we wanted to do uh, to focus on on Britain and our and our sort of where we find ourselves now. And what tickles me is, particularly now, without getting too political about it, it's like there's this feeling now where. <laughs> Uh, Britain is like still people standing up going Britain is great <laughs> and, it, and you go sure okay I get that but is it? you want to question it and then, it, then that's like well you're not patriotic and you're not wrapping yourself in flag and you go okay but imagine if the, if the aliens did grade the, the territories and we are 78 and there's a niggling feeling yeah, the, of our aliens that 
I think we used to be... We used, we used to be used to big do. hitters. We used to be How pleased we were when we Googled countries by area and we were 78. We're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> that is a perfect number. So, you know, the Russia, number of countries that were above us I yeah, haven't heard of. The, the obvious ones, Russia, America, you know, by territory they are millions. Yeah. Um, but then you get things like, you know, we still haven't investigated, like Vatican City obviously comes right down. <laughs> And there will be some goon in charge of that. It's just, <laughs> just sitting in the uh, in the palace there. I have no idea what's going on. No idea. <laughs> There's been some smoke, but no one's worried about it. This whole thing. So yeah, it's quite nice to kind of to to focus on the UK at this stage because it's just it's like there's so much presents yeah. itself i think that's the thing that we found we we've always got worried going is there enough meat there you know if we end up doing more of this but we very quickly found that there was more topics to cover than there were <laughs> what's time to cover you it just yeah. have to leak through the papers yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have to oh yeah oh, you can do do you find the writing process different from this when you come to account for like ad breaks as opposed to something like ghosts yeah um, really? it's a bit a bit more the depth of the, the, that well, we had it was, it was something we got used to when we were doing Yonderland because yeah. it was commercial half hours and yeah. I always remember the trickiness there which can be really helpful as an experience for this is because you had different sort of villains as a, or the stories of the week when we were doing Yonderland were often involved characters who were only in that episode and so you had to do a lot Kind of, you couldn't just start the way you know a sitcom normally starts is someone comes in and goes, my aunt's coming to stay. And you go, right, that's that set up. And we had to introduce characters in a world and a problem. And trying to do all that in, in like the first half and then get the story running. We got really good at going, kind of getting everything up and running in 12 minutes so that you can hit that first ad break. And so it was nice to sort of yeah. exercise that muscle again. Yeah. But also it's a nice challenge in going, having placing those sort of fun big cliffhangery moments at about the right time and there were some where we really had to crowbar them to fit and others yeah. where you went that moment happens at exactly 45 pages <laughs> <laughs> and that's perfect and that's where the outbreak will be yeah it is just it's just the it, you're, you're naturally you're naturally telling the story anyway and you have to have those little turns mm. but you're just then trying to engineer them into where you think the outbreak is yeah. going to and it's slightly harder on, on a feature because yeah. you need to you're working in three acts and you're all five acts and you're trying to yeah never, never in seven your, acts which is always <laughs> tricky for a seven acts yeah <laughs> seven, you've got to find those turns and yeah. yeah you have to it's just a bit of practice that's all it is but it, yeah it's, that's a good that's a good question that's a real kind of deep deep dive yeah maybe we question. didn't think we'll look at the script tonight and go god he's right no I think as an actor that was the the most surprising thing to me when I first got the script is how incredibly easy of a read it was. It just really flew by. And I haven't really cackled at my kitchen table as much as I had. It's quite funny, guys, actually. It's quite That's refreshing. Yeah, it's got three solid jokes. Where did you get your inspiration for the characters? Yeah, we mean for the. Well, I think actually initially it was we knew we had to set up. Um, a sort of classic you have to set up a sort of classic uh, comedy structure where you've got uh, in our case the aliens having to be you know there's three main aliens one of them's the sensibly one one of them's the outright villain and then you've got the sort of clown so you've kind of got to you start to sort of kick around with that idea and think well, okay so that, that sort of not works nicely in a scene and then 
we talked a lot about Stuart and his age bracket and where we were where we were assessing it, where it would end up, and what his troubles would be, and you know, is there a love interest there, and how that works. And I think we went through quite a few stages of that development. I think thinking, what is he? On that? Yeah, is he an old, is he an older guy? Is he more sort of angry about the state of Britain? Is he an older guy, a bit more sort of like, you know, there's no high street left, there's no job, and then I think that just felt like it was going down a slightly different road. Yeah, you wanted someone who felt you wanted someone who felt really sort of settled, even though there was no reason to be. Mm. It's not like everything's perfect for me, but it's yeah. just like everything's fine and I'm ticking along. I'm just one of those people really yeah. happy to tick along. Yeah. And then someone comes along and forcibly makes them do stuff. But but hoping as well that, you know, in those sort of towns I mean not 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 saying it's like Clitheroe itself, but um my wife was uh, born in Oldham and grew up around Manchester and was saying exactly the same thing. She she saw during her lifetime that her childhood and her teenage years, the sort of erosion of that businesses and how these kids sort of grew up and either stayed in the area or got out. I don't know, I've always found that quite interesting. Again, not wanting it to be too sort of downbeat and too mm-hmm. overtly political, but it's quite, it's quite, you know, it's like interesting. Okay, well, we haven't, we haven't thought about that. I mean, what does that look like? And Stuart's mates as well, you know, Robbie's like, He's like, look, come on, there's more to life than this. You can get out there and do stuff. And Stuart's like, well, is there that? And there's that sort of, I, I quite like that part of yeah. Stuart where he's like, yeah. there isn't anything out there. I love the idea of yeah, having, it's what we, having it basically that like Robbie is like his only one and we yes. like immediately kill him off. He goes, the person you're going to need to lead you, lead you on this journey is gone. Exactly. Good gone. luck to you. Wow. Wow. That was yeah. great. I think that's the, that was the, the good thing for me when reading the script. That it's, it seems very easy and like an obvious choice to make sort of northern towns or, or young people like relatively apathetic. And I'm like, actually, yeah. that's that isn't actually the case. Mm. It's just yeah. they're just incredibly disappointed. Right. Um, I think that's what I like about Stuart so much is that he's just a deeply disappointed person yeah. who is looking for an excuse to see a bit of hope. And then he sees yeah. it in some blue areas. And then he suddenly <laughs> becomes pretty much the prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not the story we need yeah. to be telling in 21st century, well, uh, Amanda's character is based heavily on uh, two people who were in the government who were no longer in the government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say their names for fear of them. narrow it down, which I No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily enough, that point, exactly. <laughs> So that's all the stuff we've got from MCM for this week. We should be back to a normal show next week, although the timing may be slightly off next week, but there should be a show going up at some point. But well, we'll let you know anyway. Before we go, just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. So coming next week on TV, we have What We Do in the Shadows. Seasons three and four are coming to Disney+. Plus. They're on the 2nd of November, so uh, no longer on the BBC. It's now going straight on to Disney+, Plus, and seasons three and four will be added together on the 2nd of November, so go and check that out. The Horn Section, which is a new comedy series from Alex Horn, the person behind Taskmaster, and it's a sort of comedy chat show involved with the rest of his band, The Horn Section. That's coming to all four on the 3rd of November. I think it's got a viewing on Channel 4 as well, but the whole series is going to be dumped onto all four as well. Over on Netflix, we have Blockbuster coming on the 3rd of November. This is a comedy set in the last Blockbuster video store in America. It looks very, very funny. It's got some of the team behind Superstore involved in it. So uh, if you like Superstore, I think this will be up your street. But that's called Blockbuster on Netflix, 3rd of November. 
there is a show coming to Sky Max called Got Got Need. It's coming on the 3rd of November at 9pm. It's with Jamie Redknapp and it's a sort of challenge show. Jack Whitehall challenged Jamie Redknapp with some help from his dad to build his own World Cup team by collecting real life meetings with actual World Cup stars the same way that you would collect stickers in a sticker book. Basically, that's the idea of it. So it's called Got Got Need. If you're into football that and you like Jamie Redknapp, that could be quite a fun show but sky max on the 3rd of november at 9 p.m for that over on apple tv plus we have the second season of mosquito coast that's coming on the 4th of november which is the adaptation of the best-selling novel first season of that was supposed to be really really good i know matt was a huge fan of it so go and check that out that's mosquito coast 4th of november on apple tv also on the 4th of november but over on netflix we have part one of the much loved and long-awaited fourth and final season of manifest that That's coming the 4th of November to Netflix, so go and check that out over there. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Dangerous Liaisons, which is coming to Lionsgate TV, that's coming on the 6th of November, just been renewed for a second season, so they obviously have some confidence in it over at Stars. It's a new retelling of the Dangerous Liaisons story, basically, Uh, so go and check that out if you have Lionsgate Plus. I believe you can now get that app on Sky if you want to sign up there. It's also available as a channel on Prime Video as well, so you can go and find it in those places and uh, you know other places as well. But uh, Lionsgate Plus, that is on. That's Dangerously Agents, 6th of November. That is everything we have for this week. We will be back with another show next week. I don't know whether it'll be on Tuesday. Maybe a little bit later than usual, but uh, there will be a show up next week. Hopefully see you then. If you want to find us in the meantime, you can, of course, go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You'll leave a message on the website post. You can find us at Geektown on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geek Town and on Instagram at Geek Town UK. There'll be lots of MCM Comic Con stuff going up over the next week or so, so make sure you go and check out particularly the YouTube channel and Instagram and on the main site as well at geektown.co.uk. That is everything. We shall be back next week. See you then. Bye bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.